0: Welcome to the Weekly Exchange This week in Forex and Strategy Game News we have updates on Driftland Age of Wonders Planetfall Stellaris and much much more
1: Troy, welcome to the show. Hey Nate, it's great to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How has the time? uh has the house of plague finally passed? I, I believe so. I'm knocking on wood, keeping my fingers crossed that the plague has finally passed because man, March was brutal. <laughs> I am oh, so God. glad to
0: be done with March right now. Yeah, I'm sure. sick for of for March. Sure. It was it was a, it was a really tough month here too. So I'm glad to wave goodbye to it. Hello April. Hello spring. Warmer weather. Yeah. Everything yeah. else oh, that's was, nice.
1: Last couple of days has been like in the 60s over here, and that's pretty warm for this early in the spring. So
0: yeah, I think we might have touched 70 here today. Ooh. So.
1: Does that mean one hundred and ten in the summer?
0: Uh, I sure hope not, but I, I'm digging this weather right now. Nice,
1: nice. Okay, so uh, once once we get started, and let's talk about uh, the latest news in the forex market.
0: All right, yeah, we're gonna kick it off with Driftland, the Magic Revival, and um, this is coming to you from the short notice department, Driftland. Will be going live. Their release date is April 18th. So by the time uh, that you hear this podcast, you're going to have like eight days to before it comes out. So there, I mean, it's been in early access now. I want to say like almost two years, I want to say. So I mean, it's not like it hasn't been available. But Anyway, the, uh, the release date will be April 18th. Uh, these guys have been banging away really hard on the game now. I've followed it. I've played it uh, for a real-time 4X game. I think it's kind of unique and different and fun, and um, they've they've really developed a good rapport with the community, too. Uh, the The people on the Steam forums have made a lot of suggestions for the game, and for the most part, the developers have really tried their best to accommodate the wishes of the community. So I really have to salute that as the type of thing I love seeing online. So anyway, when it comes out, it'll have skirmish mode, which is the mode I've played it the most. It'll have multiplayer up to six people and then three single-player campaigns. Uh, and this is the one with like the, the multiple elf factions, dwarf faction, all that sort of thing. And, um, you know, they're, they're asking people if you have the... The game on early access. They played a couple more times. See if there's any more bugs that need to be squashed. Report those, uh, so the game will be in good shape for launch. And then a few weeks after launch, they'll be adding a fourth single-player campaign, uh, something for the wild elves. So, uh, man, I, I'm happy for these guys. They've been working super hard, and I wish them best of luck. Hope the game does well.
1: Absolutely, and um, we will have coverage for it. We're behind on a bunch of stuff. It'll, I, it is a promise that it will get caught up on. And when it is, and when it does, you're all going to be like, "Yeah, awesome!" Don't, don't, don't get, don't fall behind again. So we're, we're trying our best. It's just, uh, well, March yeah, it's tab- not, not always really easy for us March. to
0: fit everything in our schedule. Um, you know, so
1: I, I'm blaming everything on March.
0: Yeah, March was bad. March was just really bad.
1: Lots of plans and uh, reality was not a lot of illness nice yes <laughs> illness that's that's one way of putting it anyways moving on we just, we recently we've been talking about civilization six quite a bit in the last couple of weeks and uh, one last bit of news that popped up after the latest um, they, they had a new patch and it it made some balance changes we talked about a week ago but they left out this tiny little detail and uh, pc it's a Eurogamer. I don't know if they were given this as kind of an exclusive or if they caught on to it, but Eurogamer kind of um, let everybody know that basically Civ Six is going to have cross-platform on the cloud between PC and the Switch. So now, a couple of months ago, we did a little feature piece. It was uh, three articles, one written by me, one written by Joshua, and one written by Dallin. each one of us uh, kind of, you know, Bounced Civ6 around our heads and came up with what we'd like from Civ6. So my contribution was a almost like an adaptation of Beyond Earth as an expansion for Civ6 because I, Beyond Earth always felt like an expansion to me. Yeah, so for sure, a full full blown expansion for Civ6, reintegrating Beyond Earth and making you know future. So I got a lot of people that were interested. A lot of people that were like, it's crazy, Civ6 doesn't need it. Either way, it was very interesting to read their feedback. Now Joshua's piece was about. What more people wanted, which was to polish Civ 6 further, which I also want. is just I'm kind of looking towards, like, when you polish a game and when you do a balance pass and when you flesh out little things, that's great for the existing player base. So, like, the people that already own it, love it, hate it, whatever, you know, this is what they need. This is why they keep coming back. But that doesn't really draw new players to the field. My idea is kind of what draws me in place.
0: Not saying the Yeah, I, hey, me. I uh, I'm with you on that. Like I you might know? be more interested in Civ 6 if it got a, a little bit more into like speculative technology and things like that or even well, if it took of, like the most um like theoretical like theoretical, just just on the drawing board uh think tank technologies and implemented that in the game i'd be i'd be much more interested in it than than what i see right now
1: they they sort of did that in gathering storm they revised they added some more layers to the future tech they added um like another um they they added randomness they did a bunch of stuff but i mean it's good it's good for what it was but it wasn't enough at least for me or for people that feel the way i feel about it now joshua's was also a very good idea and they kind of did that too and that's what they're that's kind of what they did with the the latest release that they had the big patch they had is they went back revisited did some good balance passes but the one major thing that they didn't do they just did and that's what Dallin was saying so as it exists right now you sort of can't play your game when you save to um for access or uh, 2Ks, they have like a Steam login, everything like that. There's that whole thing about Red Shell. You know, that's, that's a different argument, but that's kind of there. You kind of opt into it. But if you use their uh, 2K games login, then you kind of have the save where you can bounce around between your systems. But, you know, whether you're playing on one platform or another, PC or Mac, for example, that doesn't really matter. Now, I don't remember if you can do it from PC slash Mac or Linux and the iPad. But this latest bit of news is that now your cloud save from the Switch, that if you have the content up to a point, so the Switch does not have the latest save. So obviously it would be for an earlier version of Civ. So your cloud save from the Switch, you can actually continue to play on your PC or vice versa if you're playing an earlier version of the game. Now, I'm assuming that at some point they're going to release all the content on the switch that they have on the PC, once, you know, once once they get caught up, then you can basically start playing on your PC. You know, maybe you're hopping on the bus or train or plane or whatever, you're grabbing your game. And that's kind of what Dallin was asking for. And or maybe you, you know, you're playing downstairs, you don't want to lug your laptop upstairs, you just want to crash in bed and play something. So you can do that. So that's what he wanted to see. And that's what he got. So of the of the three of us, Joshua got some. Some of his wish granted, in a sense. Dallin, I think, got most of his wish granted. I got a little bit of my wish granted. So I don't know if we have crystal balls or we have secret connections with Firaxis. We don't. But um, we somehow foresaw where Civ needs to go. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Because personally, if they t- announced today that they're working on Civ 7, I'm just like, no, 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 nope, 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 nope. Civ 6 needs more. Not it's not even about more content, you know. It's, it's way too
0: that. soon for them to start talking about seven anyway. I mean, it, it took several years while five was still out.
1: Oh yeah, before, before they started they, talking
0: about six. So
1: exactly. So we'll see. We'll have to see where this leads us, but, you know, a little bit more Civ, Civ 6 news. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move on to Age of
0: Wonders Fall, and they gave us a short update this week on the map UI. And essentially what they talked about was three different map overviews that you can use to kind of get a, a more bird's eye perspective on what's going on. And the first one is kind of a, a military overlay of the map and you zoom way out and so you get like a big picture of the planet and it points out like where the major uh civilized areas are where the uh various um army stacks are if they're within um revealed terrain and uh also like where other threats might be like where marauders and that sort of thing might be And then the second view is an economic lens, and this one uh, will show you where all the special resources are, again, where the settlements are, this sort of thing, uh, with with the colony list alongside. So, um, you know, it kind of looks like a spreadsheet on the left-hand side of the game, and it'll let you kind of switch between your different colonies or cities quickly in order to, you know adjust your build queue or whatever it is you got to do over there. And then the last one is the operations lens. And remember, operations are kind of like... They are sort of an equivalent to magic spells in Age of Wonders 3, but they're they're a little bit different, obviously, because you're not using magic. So these are, I don't know, different projects that you're cities or colonies could be working on and and, and i mean you can look at like your tactical operations as well but this will show you like what all the different cities within your revealed terrain are kind of working on as far as their operations go uh what their doctrines are and um you know it'll also show you what tactical operations you have that's not really something you can uh, adjust from there so anyway, that's it for Age of Wonders Planetfall this week. Uh, you know, most games have this sort of uh, uh, like bird's eye view of the map with uh, where all the resources are and things like that. And I appreciate the spreadsheet design here to make it a little bit simpler to adjust the, the things you're working on. But um, yeah, just once again, good UI design from Planet or I'm sorry, the Age of Wonders guys. And, uh, man, Tri- looking forward to this. time
1: Studios. Yes. So, yes, yeah, Tri- so they Studios. also kind of hinted that they're about to reveal the next major faction. So we have, uh, I believe the game starts with six factions, and we have met four of them. So there's still two factions we haven't seen. So they're about to reveal them. So my guess is probably within a week or two or so, they're going to, well, the game is supposed to be coming out in the summer, like in August. So they have time, but you know you kind of have to keep the people excited and looking forward to it so my guess is they'll do like a live stream where they'll show some gameplay and they'll show this overlay and like within the live stream somewhere you'll get a hint of like oh wait is that a new unit is that something new and you know like when you see like they like to gloss over it real quick and move away kind of do a little tease so that's that that's my guess as to what's coming soon okay well Let's uh, let's continue since we're already talking about something new. This past week, uh, the developers for Pax Nova, this is the 4x that's going to have both a space element that's going to resemble Don uh, Don of Andromeda and a terrestrial element. So it's going to be a space and terrestrial 4x. They released a video, and this is uh, I think something like. Eight and a half minutes long, and they have somebody from Iceberg narrow, um, narrating it and going over, um, you know, like the different things you're looking at. So it's, it's pretty good. I mean, it showed a lot of stuff. Um, I'm I'm interested in how they handle the potential micromanagement because I think with a lot of 4 games right now, we see a problem developing. I mean, not developing. It's always been there, but like... Especially now, when games are getting more complicated and they're getting more, lack of a better word, grandiose, how to handle micromanagement. So that'll be interesting because, you know, Stellaris keeps going back and forth with the sector system, and you had all kinds of micromanagement coming around in a Gaussive update that they're still, you know, tweaking and you had the same issue come up in Endless Space 2. Predestination was, is bad. Predestination definitely has a problem with it. What about children um, Children of the Galaxy, yeah. Yes, that yeah. So you know, so just some examples. Like different games handled it differently. Like they all and make attempts to
0: reduce the micromanagement, but it's they're a, so it's, timid about it. Like, they're afraid that it would unbalance the game if they actually incentivized players to use the tools that make uh, the, the lack of micromanagement easier. So, like, in predestination, like, if you want to use the planet templates or the city templates, I mean... What you're giving up there is like optimizing the planets and your economy never gets good enough where you feel comfortable doing that. And then, you know, there in Stellaris, the sector systems, like the the sector AIs for for a long time were really bad and, you know, they they wouldn't run things as efficiently as you would. And if they had just made sectors like more productive when you made sectors, like you had to make sectors in order to get your economy to work right. That would have been better, but instead it like penalized you for doing something that well you were forced to do anyway. So anyway, that, that's my soapbox. Go ahead, Nate.
1: No, no, it's okay. It's, I mean, that's it's legitimate. Actually, let me, let me take a look real quick. Well, okay, I'll talk about Stellaris in a little bit So because this is, there's a Stellaris element to this. So let's, uh, let's just focus on Pax Nova. So anyways, it looks really interesting. Uh, you have a lot of customization in there. You have, like, you can customize your land units. So they had, they showed that off. It'll be, I, I'm very curious to play it, but not even to play it so much in early access, but play it in the build before the game, like the gold build, right before they released the game to see what they did. And then something that was brought up is that um, how, how long will the studio stick with the game? after release because uh, there was a conversation in our forum thread for it where some people were like, you know, um, Dawn of Andromeda was interesting, but there were some key elements that needed to be adjusted. And then others came in, well, they've been adjusting it, but now they're working on this, so it's kind of slowed down. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle having both of these games because it is obvious the Pax Nova takes a lot of what they learned from Dawn of Andromeda and I hope improves on it because that was definitely had a lot of interesting ideas. And and had some uniqueness to it, but it felt half baked to a degree, you know. Like they didn't quite nail it. So let's see where you know I'm. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, and I'm being hopeful here. And you know, let's let's see where it, where it takes us, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, coming to you from
0: the strange things you never asked for uh, department, we have a thing from Amplitude Steer studios called love thyself a horatio story and if you don't know what horatio is it's one of the factions in endless space that well everyone is a clone of the emperor like the emperor is uh infatuated with himself and he has cloned himself a gazillion times and so like the whole species of people are just clones of the emperor and so Amplitude made this, I can't call it a game exactly, they call it a visual novel here on Steam that's free to play, and it, like the premise of it is kind of interesting. So it asks this question, in a society where everyone is a clone of the Emperor, can you survive long enough to find out who you truly are? So it suggests that the protagonist in this visual novel is a clone that wants his own identity. And he's fighting against uh an, an oppressive and conformist society, which you know, that's fine and interesting uh it's free to play like I mentioned, and um like they it looks like they're having a good time with the tongue and cheek nature of it like they have reviews here from uh made up uh places for so for instance, this one says the future is here, and it's hairless from a, a organization called Vanity Hair. And then, two four heads up um by Pluke Lunkett at Tokadu, which is' yeah, it's a, supposed
1: to be Luke Plunkett from from, from Kotaku. Kotaku
0: right so um anyway, there's this thing from amplitude that's free, and it might be interesting for some people
1: well, you know what's funny about this article this this particular bit of news what's that is that's how Dungeon of the Endless was born, yeah, but that was a well, yeah, that's an actual no, game. No. No, but here's the thing. Dungeon of the Endless was born from a Beer Together social hour where a bunch of the Amplitude devs were drinking with community members. So, in case you don't know, Beer Together... So, first of all, Amplitude Studios is in Paris, and every year on the anniversary of the founding of the studio, they have a Beer Together event where they invite pretty much the community. like, here's where we're going to be at this time. Come hang out with us. If we have something to show you, we'll show you. Come have a party, have some drink. We'll have some stuff for you guys. You know, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's it's really fun. And um, during one of those sessions, a couple of uh, community members were having an interesting conversation with the developer, and they're all, from what I hear, pretty drunk. Yeah, I and can believe talking. that. So, well, they're at a bar, they're at a pub. And that's where dungeon of the endless was born in a matter of one evening like on a couple of cocktail napkins they were they were talking and the developer was like writing down and d- discussing he's like this is how it would work this is great so this kind of thing is very similar in how it was born only difference is they didn't want per se to make a game game like you know like a. Uh, like a dating sim or something like that. So they're like, how can we create a dating sim within the endless universe that would be totally tongue in cheek and a lot of fun? And at the same time, you know, give some people some app some creativity. So that's kind of what this is. So it's interesting because a lot of places would be like a lot of studios would be like, oh no, you can't do this. That's not our brand, you know? And and with within amplitude, they don't do that. And that's neat. So that's what this is. This is kind of fun. It's, you know, it's it's like a thank you for staying creative and for being risk taking enough of a risk to try something you know because these days like everything we see it's all the samey so many things are just copies of each other that here's something a little bit different than a place that you recognize you know so i i don't know i can't i messed around with it it's definitely fun so and it's free to play but not at the same time there are no transactions you don't have to pay for anything you don't have to buy anything it's 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 fun it's different Maybe it's like the worst thing you've ever seen. You hate it. You never want to touch it. And maybe it's like, oh my god, I didn't even know I wanted this in my life. Thank you very much, Amplitude. You know. Uh, so okay, right. so <laughs> right, not your life. Obviously. Yeah, go it's, go ahead with the next time. item there. <laughs> okay, so this week, um, the developers from Paradox Interact are working on Stellaris. They, the dev studio, they have a new build to patch two point two point seven, which you can opt into, and this is. Um, There's some UI stuff in there. They're fixing um, some, basically some ethics issues and a bunch of major bug fixes. And again, this is opt-in. So if you opt-in, you're going to help them troubleshoot it. But it's little things, but it's things that were brought up in Joshua's review and the Audible extension that might possibly, so by the time you hear this, it might already be up or if not it'll be up before the next weekly exchange i'm still working on figuring out when it'll go up and um in essence our con the conversation in our massive stellaris thread in our forums sparked up again and you have a lot of gamers in there that have a thousand plus hours discussing like what their issues are why they're playing why they're not playing and the sector system keeps coming back now back in the day when they talked about the sector system i think this was in version 1.3 even so that was that was quite a bit ago, almost two years ago when they were talking about it more than two maybe two and a half years ago and i had issues with it and i never quite saw how it was going to work and then it got gutted and ungutted and now they're going to try to fix it again so this is one of those things where people that initially bought the game expected something and got something else So we'll see where this all goes. And for me, I barely, I could never really get into it before version 2.0. So my preferred version is 2.0 and above. I don't know why. I can't really say why. But um, I'm going to keep an eye on the conversation. I'm very, very interested in seeing, you know, what people end up doing with it. You know, what the devs do with it. We'll report on it. And, you know, the feedback from the community because... As, as has been noted, the devs got a little quiet. There used to be a lot more talkative, not so much these days. So um, we'll have to see where this goes. And I think that takes us out of the Space 4X and 4X in general, or mostly, and that really depends on what your take on Total War is. But this week they talked about the new Total War uh, DLC that's coming called The Prophet and the Warlock. Now. Before I even start discussing anything here, I will say this. They have a little video made from uh, the game engine in, you know, animations from within the game. Probably part of it being the, like, the faction intro or something like that. That's about two minutes long. You have to watch it. It is fantastic. The people that are doing this particular aspect of it at Creative Assembly are just knocking it out of the park. Every single person that I know that plays Total War, Total War 2, that saw this, they were all blown away. And I mean, but I'm sure many people that have listened to us already know this, but this clip is an homage to the first Predator movie. And when I saw it, I was just like I will I busted out laughing. I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. I, I would if they made a movie like Predator, only using the animations from Total War, and they retold that story within the Games Workshop universe. Of I would just be like, yeah, uh-huh, Warhammer, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can see it. It's good. So, anyways, what this new uh, campaign pack does is introduces two new legendary lords. Um, one is the Skaven the ratman the other one is uh, skink which is the one of the smaller unit in the lizardmen and each one of them uh each one of them basically has their own um like campaign set there's a new um battle f- new units are being introduced there's continuation of balancing there's a couple of uh like tweaks and things like that there are going to be some new units of renown these are basically like mercenary units and some weapons and basically, yeah, I'm very, very, very happy that Creative Assembly is really putting this much effort into Total War Warhammer and Warhammer 2. I'm hoping that there's another major like DLC expansion coming before they start uh, talking about 3. But here's the thing, when they went from 1 to 2, they incorporated all in the meta campaign, all the races from the first game. And when they go to three, they're going to do the same thing for the first and second game. But I still feel that they, and they've been doing this a little at a time, but I still feel that they need to go back and they need to spruce up all of the races from the old world that haven't had enough attention yet. Because like when I watch stuff, if I go on YouTube and I'm watching some, you know, some of the people I follow playing, a lot of times they're only playing with the new races because the old ones just, just cannot compete. They just don't have enough. Like some of the ones that got some balancing passes and some more units and legendary heroes, they got better. But usually people are only playing with the new stuff. So maybe if they go back and, uh, you know, fix it up a little bit, that'll be good. But, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Definitely there's going to be a link in the notes. Click on it. Watch the video. I'm very curious if you feel the same way I do about that two-minute little trailer because it is it is awesome. It is awesomely awesome and good on Creative Assembly keep up the good work and that's it for the main news for the week so i'm going to talk about today this week's what is game and this game is called desperados 3 and it is another it is um a real time tactics game set in the wild west so this is kind of, if you remember we actually have an excursion for a game called shadow tactics blades of the shogun and this feels a little bit like that but it's different and basically you have um you com- you control up to five desperados with various combination of skills and there's a there's there's a story they're being hunted by some people and stuff and things are going on you know you got corrupt lawmen you got other bandits and desperados after them so i i don't know how to describe it but it is a squad tactics game it's set in the wild west um it looks good. The video, like the trailer for it is fantastic. Um, I'm going to keep talking about these types of games for the foreseeable future because I'm trying to get over some other game that must not be mentioned. And I'm looking at as many different titles that, you know, spark that interest, I think. And I'm curious if any of you have been following it, what you think of it. There's, um, off the top of my head, it doesn't come to me, but there's another game that's a, a turn-based tactics game. Oh, Yeah. Oliver rode it up. Yeah, man. Wasteland well, I was 2, I think? No, Wild... Wild... No. I, I think it's made by the same guys that made that, but no, it's um, Hard West. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, West. Yeah, that might be what West. it is. So this feels a little bit like Hard West, only I don't know if there's going to be... Hard West, That quite a bit of... Um, uh, mysticism to it. I don't know. It's like it's Hard West is like a more fantasy game, not orcs and goblins, but like there was magic and re- reanimated zombies and things like that, if I remember correctly, or at least maybe one of the expansions for it, or the deal. Yeah, for yeah. You so wrote that one up about like that. about three years ago. Yeah. So definitely check it out. That was that was a jam too. It was a short game. I think there were only eight missions, but each mission was like really interesting, and every decision you made. Mattered and he was really enamored with it. And I'm curious to see how this one. This one is going to be different because this is not turn-based; it's real time. But still, I mean, I'm curious. It's it looks interesting. It looks fun. So come, click on the link, take a look. Let me know what you think. And uh, uh, tell tell us. You know, is this is this something like that looks interesting to you, or do you want us to cover different types of games? There's a couple of games I want to cover and what is, but we're always open for feedback. That if people want to see some other genres that we're not covering there, so definitely let us know. And I think that's it for like the main new news items. It's, it was pretty quiet week, which I'm thankful for. And I got that means I got to enjoy some gaming this week. So why don't you start us off? What have you have you played anything this week? Troy?
0: Uh, I had a little bit of time for World of Tanks Blitz. I've kind of been on the road a bit this week, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I haven't even had my computer with me. Oh, uh, but uh, Anyway, I got I got to play some Blitz. Uh, I hope to purchase uh, Warcraft One from mm-hmm. Gog here this next week and play some of that. So, because okay. that's something I want to want to get to. And I think that's I think that's it for me. What about you? What did you get to play this week?
1: So I actually got to play something, and I got to go online and play. Can you believe that? Oh, I didn't have to sneakily play it offline. I hate when I'm playing a game and only get like three minutes to play. If I have three minutes or five minute bursts, I don't even bother signing up because it takes longer to sign up or sign on or sign in and then fire it up than it does to just stay offline and just play it, you know, two, three turns here and there. So this past week I, um, I played some more Thea 2. I was checking out their latest patch. So I, I basically decided that I'm going to, kind of sit back a little bit, give them some time before I jump in again and see what else they're patching in. They're still working on the main quest and they're doing continuing to do balance passes and stuff like that. So it's like I want to give them a little bit more time and then jump in. But some of the things I saw I like. And like I read in a thread on their Steam forum that potentially Thea 2 might be coming out in May. Wow, really? Yes. I I hope so. That'd be great. I'll start playing it. Yeah, so I haven't had a chance to ask them. Like, so I, I literally read this like you know 40 minutes before we recorded. And since, the, since we have a time change of, I think, six hours right now, or maybe eight hours or something like that, um, it's the middle of the night over there, early morning. So I'll find out and probably I'll have an answer for the notes in case somebody asks for the comments. So I did some of that. Then I um, played, I started, I'm, I'm so bummed about that game. That I need something, and of course, I I have my go-to, which is XCOM Two. I've tried a couple of the other uh, tactics games that I have, and like none of them even come remotely close to like the pleasure I get out of playing XCOM Two. So I downloaded a few new voice packs, downloaded a couple of like a dozen different mods, and I'm trying some new stuff. And I have a new campaign brewing in my head, and I started playing it. And like my son was next to me, and it's fun something we get to do together. And then the main the main game that I played basically in the past couple of weeks has been Endless Legend with a new faction the, the Maikara. and um it inspired my son quite a bit. So the so this new uh expansion DLC not only introduces a new faction but it introduces three giant creatures like these they're called the Urkans but they're basically I, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe them. They're like giant insect centipede creature things that travel all over the world and they have their own little armies of lice following them and you know they're, they're really big they're like bigger than the guardians but they're also older than the guardians and we were playing and he was just so enamored with him that he spent a week like going online and looking at them and he started building them with legos so he built one And um, I posted it on Twitter, and like some of the Amplitude devs saw it, and they're like, oh, wow, that is so cool. And I told him about it. He's all happy. He's like, hey, somebody recognizes my building skills. So he's like, he likes the Lego movies. So he's like a master builder now or something. So, you know, but that's it. That's really all I really played is um, uh, Thea 2, XCOM 2, and um, Endless Legend.
0: Well, if you had to pick some games, those are pretty good ones.
1: Right, right. I mean, I didn't get like 10 hours of play. I got, I don't know, like three hours. But still, that's that's pretty good for me because that's more gaming than I've had in months.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. Especially with everything going on. Uh, is oh, there anything God, else you'd know,
1: like man, to say before we close this one up? Uh, just the usual, a huge thank you to our patrons. You're all awesome. You make this possible. Just so you know, we're constantly being contacted by these um, PR firms that are trying to buy ad space or trying to do takeovers or to have us publish some uh, articles that are actually ads for God knows what. Like, oh, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. And I always say no because you guys support us. So just so you know, we, you are the reason why the site and everything is ad-free, why it's clean, why our reviews, as sporadic as they've been of late, they're never paid for they're never bought and paid for we don't do that we never did that and we certainly don't do it now and that's all thanks to you so really thank you and uh and ben have been more active on twitch so definitely check out their twitch they usually try to stream on thursdays sometimes they've even started doing stuff on saturdays and we import some of them to our uh, youtube page so you can check it out there now if you notice that like our youtube content's gone down a bunch of the guys right now everybody's just in their real life everyone is slammed. So our content, as a result, had to slow down because all of us are doing this in our free time. And when you don't have any free time, you can't do much. So, yeah, that's that's it. So just keep commenting. You know, if you see something you like, let us know. If you see something you don't like, let us know. Just be nice about it, please. We like nice. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. If I'm, am I forgetting anything? I don't believe so. Um we might have a giveaway in the near future and we have a couple of q a's that we're working on oh yeah on that's well. right yeah and we and the review for civ 6 gathering storm is written and it's being edited but because of the latest update i believe the civ 6 update was called like the antarctic update or something like that from last week that we talked about so um ever since that update the review has to change a little bit because it actually changed some of the meta in the game so dalin is he's the one who wrote it. He's looking into it and he's going to give it a little bit of play time. So that pushes the review back a little bit. But I think you'd rather if we give you a review that has the latest information in it than get a review and a day later, it's like, oh, wait, no, that's already all. Half of this is wrong.
0: Yeah, really. For that, sure.
1: That's why the Stellaris review took so long. It's like every time we got it ready, we're about to put it a day later. You know, I pre-publish it and a day later, something huge comes on it's like oh no okay back to the drawing board <laughs> so yeah well that's a doubt. It, that's it that's it that's all it. That's
0: right it. well all. uh we'd like to thank everyone for joining us this week on the weekly exchange we really liked having you this has been Troy and Nate for exploremate take care everyone see ya